This week, can voices reach us from the dead? Some believe so, and maybe after this show, you'll believe too. I don't do enough of, um, what am I, investigative teachings enough. I, I, I talk about a lot of ghost stories, which is kind of my focus, my repertoire. But when it comes to doing training sessions, to talking about my experience in the paranormal, there was a reason I got out of it in the first place. Because, you know, a lot of it can be considered over the top. And I know if you spend a lot of time investing in a location, the last thing you want is that to fail. Because some investigators, they'll go into a space and spend days. I've been part of those teams in the past. It wasn't more than a, a bunch of days, but some will go back weeks later just to do follow-ups. And it's always the same thing. I mean, you walk through the space, you use the tools, you see what potentially might come up. You know, it's not the most exciting thing to do as a hobby in the world. But, I mean, there's folks out there having a massive amount of excitement for it, as where for me, I like the final product. You know, I like hearing the ghost stories themselves. So when it comes to the subject of the different tools that you use, um, what it's like to investigate a location, as in walking through it and what you need to do in certain situations, I've never really felt an excitement or a need to share that with you guys. So I just, it didn't strike me. It didn't strike me as interesting. I didn't think you would find it interesting. But then there's certain subjects that just kind of rise above the rest. And this is one of them. There are certain subjects that we talk about, like in relation to the Ouija board, for example, which I'm still going to do a future show on that for sure. And certain types of tools, the more spiritual tools, such as a pendulum, divining rods. Again, they're a little bit dry. I mean, they do tap into psychic energies, which is kind of cool, but they're still a little bit dry. But this one here, it rises above the best because it's more of a result, which is what I'm into, is the idea that, you know, it's part of the story. Because when you ask a question and you're recording a session, whether the answer is audible or just on the recording itself, whatever scientific reason behind that is, it's adding to the story. Because be able to say that a certain type of spirit haunts this building and then get a response from that type of spirit. Like if it's a little girl, for example. And when you hear a response, you hear a voice, you can check for pitch. You can check for the words that she might use that you, you could be hearing. And certain things can then add to the validity of the ghost you're trying to look for. And this is where the EVPs come into play. That's what I've been talking about for the last three minutes. EVPs, everyone. It was, in the, it was in the title, so I know this wasn't much of a surprise for you guys. But EVP stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. And the idea is that if you go into a haunted place, you turn on your recorder, you ask a bunch of questions like the old standard, is there anybody here who wants to talk with us? And when you're done talking, that you might hear something. Now, in a couple of the examples I'm about to give you, it was audible according to them, allegedly, that they could actually hear it in the situation. It was audible in the moment, 
And the last one that I'll play in the list before I go to the one from Fort Niagara from our friend, that one was auto. You can actually hear the guy reacting to the voices in the distance. So that one definitely stands out among the rest. But most of them are not. Most of them you don't hear it. Most of them it isn't until afterwards when you're sitting by yourself in a dark room at the witching hour listening to the recorder and then they come up these these creepy voices from beyond the grave and then you're definitely not going to sleep the rest of the night. That's usually how it happens, at least for me. That's how it happens. Hopefully you guys are smarter than me and you listen when the sun is still up. And then you come up with something. You get these, these sounds that don't really make sense. And if you have an experienced team of investigators who are marking off whenever there's sounds that might be mistaken for an EVP, then that is something legit. So they're not going to report that information, just so you know. So I have a list of six very scary EVPs here, quote unquote, that uh, were listed. But I mean, that nobody's going to say, oh, whether they were experienced or not, whether they took all the proper precautions to have a true paranormal investigation. And, you know, it was a controlled environment, which I've talked about many times in the past. That I can't confirm for you guys. If I could, I'd do it 100% because I want to confirm it for myself. But unfortunately, in this situation, we're all SOL. So we just we just take what we can get. And I want to do a shout out to Scary Mysteries on YouTube for providing this list that I'm going to be following today and playing the EVPs for you to listen to. So now we know technically what an EVP is. It's a ghost voice. But what are, what are, what are my thoughts on the idea on you know, how legit is this? And the first thing I'm going to say off the bat, and I'm guilty of this as well in the past, is that you can never fully control a session. Like there's no, there's no way that sometimes you'll even miss it if a noise goes off in the distance that could be mistaken. Like somebody hits a wall or something and it sounds like a voice in the distance. You can't control that kind of stuff. And even if you try and mark down every point when they occur, you're, you, you're going to miss something. Especially if there's a lot of people in the team. Of course, it's just you in an empty building, then there's something to it. Actually, there's a good suggestion right off the bat right there. If you do, do an investigation of a, a certain haunted place for the EVP session, you could always go in on your own. Of course, then you're scared, but also you don't have the psychics with you to stir the energy up. So there's, there's really catches to everything. So just take it with a grain of salt that there's no really true way to control a session 100%. And when I, when I play these, when I listen to them, the EVPs earlier, I'm thinking, okay, that's exactly so. It could be anything in the distance. Now, one of them is extremely over the top and I think is a load of crap, but... Uh, I'll mention it when I'm sure you will guess which one it is uh, right when it happens. But you'll you'll know. You'll know in a moment uh, which one it is. But uh, in, in general, whether I believe they're ghosts or not, I leave that up in the air. I really don't know. I don't think anybody does. The idea that uh, something that didn't actually happen in the moment was caught on tape, which is like, a, I guess, a different way, a different frequency a different way to, to listen to reality. Maybe there's something to that. And by the way, when I say caught on tape, I completely understand that it's the, their digital recordings now. 
I remember back in the day we had the little micro cassette recorders when I first started out and they were wonderful. I mean, I was like, I could hold it in my hand and it's voice activated. So you save all that wonderful tape. But you had to make sure, though, that was the one thing that they told you. Make sure you use a clean cassette. And back then they used to sell the cassettes at the dollar store so you can get it there. It wasn't too expensive. But yeah, you always use the clean cassette because if you overwrote it, it's possible that some sounds could come through, like previous recordings on the tape. And that was that was a real, real issue. Nowadays, not so much. Actually, nowadays, not at all because it's all digital. I even have one of those fancy schmancy digital recorders that I bring into uh, ghost tours sometimes. See if I can capture stuff. That hasn't really happened that often. Nothing to majorly to report to you guys. But whether they exist or not, I mean, is completely up in the air. So at this point, why don't we just get to the list and we'll figure it out together. Again, shout out to the Scary Mysteries YouTube page for giving me the order of this wonderful list. Number one. So this is the American Paranormal Research Association. And they went into an abandoned hospital in Los Angeles, California. So this hospital was built in 1904, well over 100 years old, has a bunch of energy from that. It wasn't an asylum. Like, don't think when I say sometimes they think of oh, those old hospitals are all asylums. It wasn't really that. It was like a community hospital. So it's definitely not on the same level of darkness as some of those other places. But they did have a fire. 1929, uh, the hospital burnt. It was, it was fixed up, leaves a little residual energy. But then over the years, the area that it was located, it kind of went downhill. And by 1991, the hospital was just deemed, you know, unusable. It just wasn't safe anymore. They didn't, didn't fix it up, nothing. So they closed it down, 1991. But then stories come out afterwards that the patients were mistreated, that they were abused. And because of this energy and the fact that they've opened it up as a a place for people to go overnight and do ghost hunting. They've come up with uh, seeing shadows. People have heard uh, humming noises. So if you stand at the end of a hallway, they say that you could hear somebody humming from one of the rooms, the open doors, even though there's nobody there. They've also heard crying in the same type of fashion, hearing a person crying from one of the rooms. And also the uh, investigators who go in there have been pushed. So this is a restless style of energy. Now, three main spirits are said to haunt the space. There's an orderly. You know, the orderly is they are the people who help the doctors and nurses that lift the patients and whatnot. There is a little girl who is heard crying and a woman who has been seen in the hallways. So the EVP that they caught when they were doing the investigation happened in the basement. And I'm going to play it for you now, and then I'll tell you what they believe is being said. Again, I'm going to say, I mean, these things, they're not easy to hear. And you got to listen carefully. I will amplify. So if it sounds weird, it's because I amplified it or they somebody amplified it so that you could hear it better. And see what you can make out, and then I'll tell you afterwards what they say it was. How are you associated with the hospital? 
you hear it? So there was the part at the beginning and the quiet response afterwards. So I've amplified it for you in the in the recording there. Hopefully that brings it through a little more clear. But what they're saying is uh, the response was, we're not dead, as in we are not dead. Okay, the second one here is from 2011. And it's a place called the Cafe Sports House in Manchester. I believe that's over in the UK. But that's not how it began. So this place has quite a deep history that started out as a theater. And you know my thoughts. If you listen to the show before, and when it comes to haunted theaters, the ghostly energy in there is it's, it's on a different level. And one of the main reasons is because the many, 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 many people that go through that space the emotions they feel. So even the newest theaters tend to have some type of energy. So it was a theater called the Roxy, which I assume some of that energy comes from. It was also a skate park, so it had been filled with a bunch of rambunctious teenagers. And that's going to add to it <laughs> in many ways. Uh, here are some of the, uh, the poltergeist situations could be related to a teenager's emotions. Have you heard that one? Yeah, that was the thought. There was the haunting in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, on Church Street, where it was just extremely over-the-top, minister, uh, pr- police officers, they all witnessed it. And in the end, they said it was because a teenage boy was uh, feeling angry. So there you go. <laughs> There's your proof right there. So a skate park, it was also a squash club. So you got the teenage boys, and then afterwards you got old men. So I'm sure they were, they might have been angry as well. Uh, So that energy remains. So they're doing the investigation. uh, In in investigations in the past, they've heard noises from the cellar. They've had shadows seen near the bathroom, where the bathroom is today, in in the sports house. And they've also seen spirits at the bar, which obviously would be a a lure. Uh, Moving objects, uh, tables. They said tables have levitated. Now, it's very over the top. I'm not sure how much I I put into that. You know, if a table levitates, that's usually, you know, something major on a poltergeist level, and it wouldn't just be set as an off-handed comment, which it was in this case. But needless to say, it's in the UK. Uh, a lot of history, a lot of energy. This place has something to it. But what about the EVP? I don't like this, guys. I don't like this. I don't like when... There's any investigative team that goes in and they're so dedicated to getting something to happen. Maybe they told their 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 friends and family, yeah, we're going to find a ghost. So now they've kind of painted themselves in the corner. But I've also met people like this where they have no problem faking something to uh, gain fame. I, I don't know what the reason is. But they, they tend to do it. So they'll, they'll completely fake something. It's not even like there's confusion and then present it off as ghostly. But usually you can tell. And I'm going to tell you, this is my own personal opinion, of course. But I think this one was faked. And the reason I think it's faked, I think you're about to hear as I play the EVP for you right now. Did you hear it? <laughs> I know. I know. It was very subtle, uh, very difficult to hear. 
Just note I didn't amplify that. <laughs> I didn't have to because it was right up against the mic. So I think it was just somebody saying something super spooky in a spooky voice. And of course, if you didn't hear it, they're saying the words, I'm not done here. So the next one, uh, number three here, comes from the Athens Lunatic Asylum. And this was built in the 1800s. Of course, it was called the Lunatic Asylum. It had to be in the 1800s. Thousands of patients had gone through this building over the years. And at its height, the main building itself had 544 rooms. So it was a massive structure. And they would uh, not only cater to people who were a little off kilter, but there was a, back in the day, there was a massive list of people who could qualify for a lunatic asylum. And then they also added on a tuberculosis ward later on when that disease was rampant. So you imagine the energy the, the people have gone through. The most severe patients weren't in the middle of the building. The middle was kind of like the main thoroughfare where all the traffic was. So they kept the less dangerous patients in there so that they could interact with the public who was coming in and out, kind of like helping them transition. Maybe one day they could be you know, back into regular society. But the more severe patients, we're talking about the violent ones who couldn't control themselves, the ones who had been convicted of violent crimes, even up to murder, they were kept out on the edges of the building itself so that you know the, main, the middle was where all the offices were and all the workers, so they're kept away from this. Uh, so that's how they set the thing up. Eventually, like all these asylums, overcrowding becomes an issue. And if you look at some of the places like Trans-Allegheny, for example, when overcrowding becomes an issue, violence becomes rampant because the doctors, the officials, the orderlies, the nurses, they can't keep an eye on everybody. And it's ridiculous that they allowed this to, to happen back then. So, you know, the patients would start killing each other. Of course, this was a place where they did the old terrible methods of mental health, such as shock therapy, water therapy, which is basically just water torture, lobotomies, you know, they're cut, cutting out the front of the brain, which just, you know, turned the person into a, a vegetable. Uh, the living conditions were terrible. They said the patients could be strapped down for months on end and not even be supervised, just strap them down and forget about them. So you can imagine with that kind of energy, there's going to be spirits. Uh, two of the main spirits are women. Uh, one is named Mary. The other is named Margaret. Mary has been seen in the halls. And as well, they say, and they're not sure if it's just Mary, but that they say if you, if you look into a mirror in certain areas that you might see somebody standing behind you. That's like horror movie stuff going on in this building. And finally, uh, the, the main spirit is a patient named Margaret. Now, Margaret comes from the story of a young woman patient who went missing one day. And you would think, oh, they probably got together. They got the dogs to try and sniff her. No, no. They just they, they just kind of left it. And she was missing for days, weeks. And eventually somebody just came across her naked dead body in an abandoned ward of the hospital just came across it like they were walking through it's ridiculous because she was still in the hospital so the story is and this is a little bit gruesome they say that because her body was left there so long that it had started to rot away and when they found her she was basically stuck to the ground 
So when they, when they uh, excuse the term, peeled her off the ground, it's left a stain on the floor that is still seen in there today. All right, let me just play the EVP for you now. Now, this one I think is legit because it is not easy to decipher. I've amplified it for you, and knowing what the words are, I can hear it. So it really is a thing where you kind of have to wait for me at this point to tell you. So the words that are in that one are, would you help us? If you want to listen to it again, just jump back to the 2007 minute mark in the podcast, and you can listen to it again. So would you help us? And I do hear that. I do actually hear it. Now, this one is top-notch, the best location, even though there's two more after this. Uh, comes out of Dublin, Ireland. It's a place called the Hellfire Club. I mean, with a name like that, you know it's going to be something really interesting. Uh, supposedly has a storied history. Today, it's become a tourist attraction because of that history. It was uh, built and founded by a man named William Connolly in 1725, so 300 years of history right there. Uh, they use the uh, stone. This is the legend. says that they use stone from an ancient burial ground, which is one of the reasons why it's so haunted, because they disturbed a burial ground. Uh, now, the Hellfire Club itself, you could consider it a brothel, but you could also consider it a place of dark and strange practices. There's rumors of satanic practices, of animal sacrifice, of many atrocities. And uh, the rumor, which is just complete legend, is that at the beginning, William Connolly made a pact with the devil, hence the reason why they call it the Hellfire Club. But that's very over the top. I mean, in the end, it just seems like this was a, it was actually a bunch of clubs, Dublin being the one that's this building where they were investigating, that was just so that men can go and do immoral things. Now, the word immoral today means something that it meant back then i assume it was a brothel and i'm assuming other weird things went on in there but you know definitely not what you would think of today i'm sure it's you know a little more laid back yet such a place with that kind of history with that kind of focus definitely would attract ghost hunters and definitely would attract a certain type of energy so we had some investigators in there a bunch of years ago. They were in the uh, interior of the space uh, doing an investigation, and that's when they captured this. Oh, am I sorry? Did I forget to warn you about the jump scare there? <laughs> My bad. I hope it didn't hurt you too much. Uh, but yeah, there's a bit of a jump scare. They amplified that one, not me. So uh, you can blame them for it. And you can blame me. But I don't know if you heard it. It was actually pretty straightforward. It just sounds like somebody saying, get out. And you have a place that would have been open for a certain type of person. High up in society of noble blood. You know, you wouldn't have had your regular common folk inside the Hellfire Club. So obviously us ghost investigators, if we're in there as regular common folk, then we're going to upset the spirits and they're going to tell us to get out. So that makes complete sense. So that's what it said. Get out. 
Yeah, this one goes down to the south of the United States. It is the Village Salon in Grand Cane, Louisiana. If you don't know, Louisiana is where New Orleans is. Uh, this location is about a four-hour-and-a-half drive to New Orleans. So you're coming from the top of Louisiana around Shreveport, and then you'd work your way down. So it's quite far away. They're not like you can't mill it in with the histories of Baton Rouge or New Orleans. So the Village Salon in Grand Cane uh, is currently a uh, salon. It was a barber shop before. At one time, surprisingly, it served as a small courthouse. So Grand Cane is a small town. Uh, the, the lesser crimes like traffic tickets, that's what they did inside there. So don't think that murderers pass through that. Well, it's possible, but it had nothing to do with the courthouse. Uh, but it's it's pretty exciting inside this building that's, you know, if you passed by, you would think nothing of it. I mean, you wouldn't look at it and say that place is haunted. But they, they've had poltergeist activity. So it seems to be that uh, the focus of whatever's inside there is moving things around, is throwing things, is hiding things, and is affecting the electronics. So very common, they say the electronics are turning on and off. You think, oh, okay, sounds terrifying. This must be a malevolent spirit that's, you know, coming to get everyone. That's not the case. In fact, the current owner says that the energy is not threatening at all, that they believe it's a woman that haunts the place. They don't know her name, but they have nicknamed her Brenda. So experiences galore. The investigators were in there. And they did hear a sound before this occurred. This wasn't caught on tape, but they said it sounded like a marble uh, hit the floor. But when they looked around, they couldn't find anything that caused the noise. It was just the noise itself. Now, the following is the EVP. It is classified as a level A EVP, A as an alpha, because supposedly it is extremely clear, and that's the top level you can give a ghost voice. So do you agree that it's level A? I do, because um, I amplified it. I didn't slow it down. So if you want to re-listen to that, it's the 2608 minute mark on the, uh, the, on the episode here. So you can hear the person talking and then a voice cuts in kind of behind them. And I, as I said, I amplified over, you heard the tail end of it, but it obviously says I'm not crazy. Uh, this is definitely something over the top. It's not something that could have been mistakenly caught. Could it have been faked? Yes. I mean, if you don't believe anybody at all, you could think that it could be faked, but I guess I'm more of the trusting sort. Maybe this is going to get me in trouble one day, but for now, I'm going to trust them. And I'm going to say those people in Louisiana, they don't fake ghostly things. How dare you? How dare you even suggest such a thing? So <laughs> class A, EVP right there. If it's the real deal, uh, 100% agree. That's, that's very clear and very easy to understand. All right, so drum roll, everyone. This is the number one, the top. Top dog EV, v, EVP. Sorry, I screwed that up. Top dog EVP that you could ever have and what fitting place it might come from. It comes from the Queen Mary, that haunted ship I've talked about multiple times on the podcast. And it sits currently docked in Long Beach, California, very known to be haunted, very known among ghost investigators who will love to go and stay there overnight, 
All the famous TV shows have featured the Queen Mary. Some of the hosts have close relationships with the Queen Mary. So this is the bomb when it comes to haunted places. Now, the Queen Mary, if you haven't seen it, look up a photo. It's cool. It is larger than the Titanic, which was huge at the time. A luxury liner. It was also used as a World War II ship. So, I mean, a ton of energy is going to come from all of that. So imagine a floating hotel, but also it was used during, you know, the, the most violent, worst war in human history. So there's going to be something to that. Uh, infamous deaths in there. There was a fellow named John Henry who died when he was fleeing a fire that started on the boat. And I guess he died around the engine room. So he must have been a worker because there's uh, lights that flicker and knocking noises heard in the engine room, and they believe it's Mr. Henry. A little girl was uh, had died on the banister, so the main staircase. It says she sl- slid down the banister, fell off the side, and broke her neck. Uh, also, a cook is said to have been murdered. This would have been the time of World War II. He cooked some food for the troops, and I guess they must have been on edge. He must have crossed somebody in the group. Something must have happened because they killed him. They killed the cook. I don't know if it's because they didn't like his food. But for some reason, he ended up dead. And to hide his body, they stuffed him in the oven. And that's where he was found. So needless to say, this place is active. So not surprised. And this is a really good EVP, by the way. It was an American group, the American Para-Research Association. And uh, they were in the pool area of the boat. And they say it's a little girl that was, was, was answering them. So listen to it, listen to it. And then I'll come back and I'll tell you what they said is being, is being spoken. Now, whether you believe that's, that's nothing or just a sound, I mean, it really does sound like something's answering him. And there's two times, there's two different things that are being said. And as well, this was audible. So this was, this was something that the person was physically hearing in the moment, but also caught on tape. So the first part of that, it is said, the little girl says, get out or something says, get out. And then the second part of it kind of contradicts itself. And they say, it's saying, help us. So it's almost like somebody's being kept prisoner. One person is saying, get away from my prisoners, get out. The second is the the prisoner themselves saying, help us. And you can hear it really clearly. I was like, if this is a legit thing, it's not surprising that it would be on a place like the Queen Mary. So if you want to listen to that again, just to kind of get a feel, uh, 2954 is the timestamp for the minute mark. I'll try and add, I'll try and remember, uh, forgive me if I forget, but I'll try and remember to add those to the description of the podcast so that you can jump. The, 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 the system I use doesn't allow you to actually link like YouTube does to take you there, but you can click into it and go to that spot yourself. So what did you think of the list? Are you, they start out the episode going that EVPs are a bunch of crap and now you are full believers and you're going to put on your investigator hats which is probably a fedora sorry sorry about that i, hey, I wear a fedora for one of my tours so i am i'm one of i'm one of you uh, are you are, are you just saying oh no 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 daniel this is not the way this is not true these sounds just 
are not legit. I, I'm not a believer. I, I want to know your thoughts. Uh, the Facebook page, the Instagram page, both called Ghostly History. You can interact with me through those. And uh, that's the only way I'm thinking of any other way. And that's the only way that you can interact with me. So head to one of those and we can discuss it. I would love to hear from you guys. But we're not at the end of the show. There's one more I want to play for you guys. And this is a personal one. Not not from me personally, but from a friend of mine. Uh, I've worked with this guy in the past. Uh, he is an investigator. His name is Marty. And um, he was at Fort Niagara in, in uh, doing a tour there in an evening. And he got connected with some people from Buffalo. And they were doing an investigation and they ended up in the chapel. Now, not too long ago, I did an episode on Fort Niagara. I don't know if you guys remember. It was back when I was known as the Ghost Guy Daniel podcast before the major rebrand that, you know, took me all of five minutes to do. Now we are Ghostly History with Ghost Guy Daniel. So it's still me. I haven't shaped shifted into anybody else. But back in those days, I talked about Fort Niagara and hearing a voice like I personally heard a voice in the chapel that came from the altar space. Uh, if you remember, I was very quickly, we were there for the bus tour. We had a guy leading the gr- uh, group from Paranormal Toronto. I was there just to kind of witness it. It was his group. And there was a good 10, 15 people in front of us. And I was standing at the altar and the voice came from there. It said the leader's name. His name was George. He's still alive, by the way. When I say was, it was in, means in the past, in the moment. But uh, yes, it says the name George and everybody reacted to it. Like you heard it audibly. Of course, nobody was recording, but you heard it audibly and everybody hightailed it out of the room. So the chapel also seems to be a place of heightened energy for the workers as the lights are constantly flicking on in the chapel alone, even though all of the lights are in the same space. So somebody will have to be in the on the first floor to turn it on. Yeah, somehow the energy up there just kind of flickers on by itself. It's the switch. The switch switches on its own just for the chapel, which is absolutely, uh, it's stunningly strange that that can occur. So they're up in the chapel doing an investigation. I will go to his words on this. He said, uh, this is from Marty, quote, I was at Fort Niagara for an event. After the event, a young guy who was sleeping in one of the outbuildings as the evening caretaker offered to let some people stay, which is something they sometimes do. Uh, It was a group from Buffalo, and as well, uh, it was him and a girl there who had never done an investigation before. So seven total people inside the castle at 2 a.m., one hour before the witching hour. Uh, While they're in the chapel, the leader of the group, a fellow named Joe, he set up what was called a Jacob's Ladder to increase the energy. Now, if you don't know what a Jacob's Ladder is, it's not, I'm not referring to the, the strange movie with Tim Robbins from back in the day. Uh, Jacob's Ladder is those little um, electrical devices. You know, you see something similar at the science centers in your local city where it's two uh, prods, like two arms sticking out. And then you get the electrical surge that just runs up like a line one after the other. So hopefully you know what I'm, I'm, I'm describing here. So they set that up, and because it's straight energy, it's supposed to raise the energy of the room and maybe stir some stuff up. So they set that up. Paranormal investigators use them uh, sometimes. And then I guess they were talking about one of the stories. 
saying it was a priest who didn't like women in the chapel. So the girl, whose name is Jolene, she's the leader's sister, this is Joe's sister, Joe and Jolene, that's cute, uh, walked up to the altar, which seems to be the energy center of the room, and introduced herself. And this is, so this is the EVP, is the sound of her introducing herself, and then the voice comes after. Back here on the altar. Now it's beautifully clear. Like I can hear it. You can hear her voice and then you hear something uh, much lower. I, I've amplified it, but much lower in the distance, uh, technically. But I've listened to it many times. I can't really decipher exactly what it's said, like what's being said there. Uh, Marty, I didn't actually ask him what was being said because I wanted to kind of come on the podcast here and just try and figure it out in the moment. And I've listened to it. I've slowed it down. I, I've tried to decipher. I can hear it, and I know it's a man's voice, but not 100% sure what it's saying. It could be saying something, I'm mad at you. That's that's I, that's the only thing I could come at me. It's I'm mad at you because it said that the priest didn't like having women inside the altar so that makes sense to me as well but go ahead and back listen i'll give you the minute mark it's at 36 15 minutes and i don't know if your podcast program that whatever you're using allows you to slow them down it should most of them do and let me know what you think let me know what you hear i'd love to hear it i'll, I'll post eventually something on the ghostly history facebook and instagram pages see if you guys are willing to comment under it and let us know what you hear on that one because i'm still not i guess uh, i'm mad at you is the closest thing i came to i hope to think that everybody else is hearing something similar or if you think i'm a psycho that's fine too uh, but either way it's definitely something legit and i know this comes from a very reliable source so i do believe this one 100 percent anyway that's the show everyone thank you so much for listening if you enjoy ghostly history, you can support us by leaving a review. It was just a star rating. Whatever you want. It gets us noticed by the algorithm. More people listen. And it makes me a very happy camper. Uh, so thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you next week.